Before we start today, we'd like to talk about the fine, upsetting gentleman that sponsored this here podcast, Cheapskate Hockey. Cheapskate Hockey is without a doubt the best in the hockey apparel business, boasting a range of headwear, shirts, sweaters, and jerseys for guys and girls, as well as a bunch of handy add-ons like air fresheners, helmet decals, and for those of you that like to get a little creative, pins and patches. Wow, but Holy Puck listeners are in luck, as you are all privy to a discount code at Cheapskate Hockey. All you need to do is go to their website, cheapskatehockey.com, buy some stuff at your cart, enter Holy Puck, and you'll get a raging 15% off your purchase. Cheapskate Hockey, the game you proudly love, now has clothing you can proudly wear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. All right, that's it. We are here, finally, after a short hiatus during the Stanley Cup playoffs. Lol. This is episode 55 of the Holy Puck Podcast. I'm John. With me, as always, is Cam. What's up, my man? I kind of back that we took a little, like, one week or two weeks sabbatical during the, uh, <laughs> during the Stanley Cup Finals because, basically... The, the moment the pens won, we were like, oh, well, oh. I was supposed to do an episode tonight, but does it feel like anyone cares? No. Nah. No one cares. It was so funny because I remember you messaged me and you're like, oh, remember how we called it at the start of the season? Yeah, cool. And then we just like went on like radio silence for like a few days. I feel like everyone just like needed some time off to just kind of deal with it. The fact that everyone knew Ooh. it was going to happen and then Ooh. got behind we, the we press so bad. Too, yeah, true. The year, we were like, yeah, the pens will go back to back, but if my heart gets what my heart wants, the Preds will win. So whatever happens, we still look like we knew what we were talking about before the season started. Sure. I mean, I'm sure people believe that. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so more important than hockey is us reaffirming that we're always right. Correct. Absolutely. Ex- except, although I tell you what we weren't right about, the 2017 Ice Hockey Classic. <laughs> yeah. Who knew? I mean, I don't, I don't want to beef too hard, but where did that Look, go? We're, we're, not, we're not going to beef. We won't get into it on air. <laughs> but let's just say we were going to be super involved and do a bunch of stuff. And then not anymore. Uh, we're, we're suddenly not. And it doesn't really look like there's uh, quality quality player interaction and interviews coming out anywhere at all. Ah, which is what we but usually do. Oh, well. Kind of, oh, well. Kind of what we, kind of what we specialize in, but that's all right. That's fine. That's fine. Some might say not, not, the... not, not, not like we could have helped spread the word at a grassroots level for a bunch of AHL level players in a foreign country, but you know, cool man. Whatever. When when I need a beef, I had chicken for dinner. Oh, I I had leftovers, but I make some mean leftovers. Yeah, <laughs> you do make mean leftovers. I've eaten your leftovers before, actually. Yeah, you know it's good. Hey, actually, do you know what else I want to do before we get started? Explain yourself, to my man Tim Wallace. Yes, Party Walls. Very good friend of mine. We've actually got matching H2O tattoos. That's the level of friendship. He was the best man at my wedding. Huge. Having a rough couple of weeks. I'm not going to divulge why, because that's personal information. <laughs> so I just want to acknowledge in a public space that he's a fucking good dude. Chin up. And because he's having a shit time and he's a Canucks supporter, I'm not going to trash the Canucks on tonight's episode. Just for him. Wow. I'm going to continue yeah. to trash them as usual, though. Nah, you have to give them a uh, you have to give them a wide berth tonight as well. Just do it for Tim. All right, done. Um, so All what right. we are going to talk about though is obviously as the Stanley Cup playoffs have been and gone, and predictably it finished. Thank, a, thank God. Yeah, to be the, honest, the expansion drafts been way more fun. So much fun, and we always knew that that uh, that GM Slimeball McPhee was going to have a good time, and we always kind of knew that things were going to go pretty well. And luckily, luckily he's done a good job, um, or to what we suggest is a good job. But first, we're going to get into the 2017 NHL awards um, because there's uh, quite, so, so we, so quite a few. We want to dedicate so much time to GM Flyball. We just get the awards out of the way first. Yeah, I just want to just like rip through them real quick. You know what I mean? All right, all right. Well, obviously, the big winner, like the biggest winner, was your mate. Yeah, my mate. Yeah, yeah. everyone. Yes. Conor, Mc, Conor McDavid. Yeah, yeah, the day day. Oh my god! So as, as, so as a 20-year-old man, he's taken out the Hart Trophy, mm-hmm. the Art Ross, mm-hmm. and the Ted Lindsay. Now I think back to when I was 20, and most of my time was spent day drinking in a spa and getting ready for a five-day bender. Yeah. Sorry, I'd Conor say he's Conor he's, McDavid at 20. He's definitely a few levels than my kitchen as a 34-year-old man has. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely a few levels above your boy Champ. That's for sure. Um, he's above everyone. Is yeah, he Jesus? Is I he know. Actually, Jesus. He could be just you know with much shorter hair. Um, so I guess 
moving through the list with there's I mean a few surprises can, I think can I, can I say one more thing about Conor McDavid you may have one more and one more only my, my son and I were watching highlights of him on YouTube the other night yeah and he turns to me and he says dad he's way better than you <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, like, thanks. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that, that'll happen, dude. And um, it's, I'm, I'm glad you're realizing now because there's going to be many occasions in your life where you'll realize that there's a lot of people better at a lot of things than your old man. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, son. By the way, those Legos, fucking dead. Dead. Yeah. I'm taking all of your Pokemon cards and using them as toilet paper for that comment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so this year, the Selkie went to predictably your man Patrice from the Bees. That's what- Fourth time he's won the Selkie. May as well call him Selkie Bergeron. They may as well change it to the Bergeron Trophy. Like Silky, Silky Bergeron. Maybe maybe he's got Silky Balls or something. Nah, I don't know. I, don't know. I, I can't. I didn't. I don't know if I could deal with a, a hyphenate award. You know what I mean? I don't, it doesn't work for yeah. me. It needs to be a solid name. You know. But I'll, I'll, I'll get your opinion on that though. Like, are you, are you happy with Connor's trifecta of awards? Like, you believe he was deserving? Oh yeah, I feel like it was like a Absolutely. prophecy. That's like. Um, I feel like it, the, the prophecy is now eventuated and that like, I don't even know, like something like crazy is going to happen soon. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's like Neo yeah. in the matrix. You know what I mean? Do, do you know what else I like when he, when the awards all came through and the announcements came through, I saw that Luch tweeted at him and said, good work. Congratulations, my man. Now let's go get that real cup. I'm like, Ooh, I like mm. that. Oh, that's also, nice. Side note, did you see the Luch said this week when he's done as a player, he wants to be a general manager one day? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know can if he's got the required... Imagine those contract discussions, like a player walks in, <laughs> like, like... A, like, a, like a talented 24-year-old kid, he's a little green, and he goes, I think I'm worth $4 million a year, and he goes, <laughs> Luch I'm going to beat the shit out of him, <laughs> yeah. too. And he goes, okay. Luch is like, <laughs> not today, kid. You're like, Jesus. You know, when I go play for Edmonton, the GM's going to headbutt you. Do you reckon he'd go all third person on dudes too? So someone would be like, oh, I <laughs> Luch want doesn't like that, dollars eh? a year and Luch goes like, <laughs> Luch don't pay no fool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't feel, I don't know if he's like at that level. You know what I mean? I feel like he just headbutt dudes and just like call it a day. Or like, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe like he could like, uh, like maybe he could, I don't know, like, Maybe farm out the headbutting, but just be there. So he's not the one doing the headbutting, but he's in the proximity of the headbutting. You know what but I mean? He's got high, so he's basically got hired goons. Yeah, hired goons. Exactly. Every and, you know, everyone needs a little bit of hired goons in their life. Are the hired goons that Cassian and fucking Prime <laughs> like Brandon Spock? <laughs> okay, Cody okay, McLeod. Hey, 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 we couldn't we couldn't find a gig post hockey. But. Yeah. Boy, have I got a job for yeah, you. Yeah, like Cody McLeod calls around all of his goon mates and he settles on Looch and he's like, yo, so it turns out I can't get a job. And Looch is like, you know what? Don't worry about it. I got this. I got this sorted. Imagine, I need someone to headbutt right? cunts. Imagine a future like 2038, right? And the GM of the Edmonton Oilers, Milan Looch, <laughs> GM of the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> Zach Cassian, Cody <laughs> McLeod's the GM of the Predators. Imagine contract negotiations. He's like, all right, you want $6 million a year. Fight me for it. I feel like it'd be more vanilla than that. It'd just be like a three-man sack race on consecutive Sundays or something. You know what I mean? Everyone has a nice <laughs> Gatorade afterwards and calls it a day. I'm kind of into it. Cody McLeod's like, arm wrestle me for a pay rise. Yeah, as, as if you'd win. Be like, well, fuck, man. I guess I'll just go back to the locker room and continue stinking. Yeah, that's pretty much it, right? Yeah, I know, right? All right, well, for the Calder, uh, that was the no one in surprise award. We were obviously rooting for Line Aid. Everyone knew Austin Matthews was going to get it. The moment that Maple Leaf adorned his chest, we knew he was getting the Calder. Yeah, even if he was injured all year, he was still getting it. Also... Well, I mean, what what would all the Canadian-run podcasts talk about if they weren't communally stacking over the Leafs? Oh, yeah. Hey, guys, guys, we're going to the podcast and we go to 49 minutes, but we've got a 47 minute quota for the league. Unfo- <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> we've got 47 minutes of circle jerking about Austin Matthews and his not forehead, but five head in today's photos. Holy shit. That, the, did you see the forehead in his photos today? It was phenomenal. I was I was more concerned with his caddy. His caddy reeks <laughs> in sports guys trying to get into caddy culture and blowing it. Sports like, guy. Oh, I want like an animal. I'm like, oh, lions are pretty badass. And he's like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fucking uh, lions and crowns because you know, like lions are the kings of the jungle. No one's ever thought of that before. And I mean, it's there on the flash sheet on the wall in your tattoo shop. I'm sure it's original, right? No yeah, yeah, dude. It's like, dude, Don't no worry. one, no one's got that tattoo today. Today, 
Yeah, I haven't done this tattoo on someone else for at least like four days. Yeah, <laughs> this exact one that I'm just going to go to the printer and print it on a transfer paper. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, look, good on him. Obviously, look, he, he did deserve the call the trophy at the end of the day. He's an incredible player. He's going to be a generational talent. It doesn't mean he got tatty game, Austin. Not great. No, terrible hair game too. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the next um, truly unique piece of skin art, like maybe a koi fish, um, maybe the new Vegas jersey signaling that barbed wire armbands are going to make a resurgence, in which case <laughs> he can get on that train. I don't know. Maybe he can get like a panther with a dagger through its head to wow. remind him of the time that he killed a panther in the jungle. I don't are, you, know. are you suggesting that he's going to join the tribe of tribal tatties? Hmm, that would be sick. If Austin Matthews spearheaded the resurgence of tribal tatties and athletes, that would be fucking great. <laughs> would you allow him into the, the tattied fr- sportsman fraternity? We're up there yeah, with I'd, your boy, I'd, Brent I'd Burns. That. Like, if he single-handedly brought back something that shouldn't have been there in the first place, sick. Like, Let me ask you this. Me wrong. A lot of people have made mistakes in their life. My best friend, uh, who's you know seven years older than me, He's got one tribal tattoo amongst his full body suit, and it looks like a weird faded dick. And that's cool. That's his journey, man. <laughs> Let me ask you this: if 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 Matthews showed up, like like arm, like just arms, you know the old school like arms, like the the singlet arms, all yeah, like, all, all tribal tattooed, and and he yeah. showed up to All Star Weekend with those and shared a locker room with Burnsy, would Burnsy bash him? Yes or no? Now, nah, Burnsy would probably be like passive aggressively, like growing down with him. Yeah. And Austin would be like, oh, <laughs> Brent Burns thinks my tatties are sick. This is mad. And then he'd get home 12 hours later and be like, fuck, I think he was writing me off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude, that's what was happening. <laughs> I feel like he'd be like, Matthews would be like, oh, hey, man. And he'd be like, oh, this cool. kid again. Oh, uh, sweet tatties, look, I never bro. thought we'd be talking about tribal tatties on the Holy Hot podcast, but here we are. Here we are. Here we are. It is, you know... It, I feel like we've done well. Speaking of Burnsy, he won the Norris. Wow, I was surprised. I'm going to give it to Carls. Yeah, I kind of feel like maybe dudes just wanted to get ahead of the eight ball with the voting and they submitted their votes, you know, in like February? May 12 before Eric oh. Dion, maybe like April 12 before Eric Carlson had really blown up. And now they're like, oh, we yeah. should have given it to Eric. And Burnsy's like, well, it's like shit, motherfucker. It's mine now. Yeah, I guess he's like, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Oh no, well, well, de- well deserved though, because he did have a stellar regular season. Yeah. Um, aside from the Norris, uh, we've also got David Poyle, won the general manager of the year, the Predators GM. Yep. The reason I'm into this, it's not because I give a fuck. <laughs> it's because Peter Chia really didn't win it. And yeah. I would have been irate if that chrome dome motherfucker won a GM of the year award after some of the bad contracts that he saddled Boston with. Yeah. I would have been into it, though, just because you would have been super cut. But speaking of awards we do love, Torts won the Jack Adams. Like, oh, my God. This could be the best thing ever. We are definitely sending a participation award now. Oh, my God. Do you reckon reckon Torts is called Batman, right? And Batman let it go to voicemail. And he's he's had the phone call when he goes, Nobody puts (laughs) me in a voicemail. No, no, no. He's he's not yelling, right? Like, he's, he's had, like, seven martinis. Yeah. He's not yelling, and, and he's, he's like, oh, Gary, Gary, <laughs> me, George, yeah, one, yeah. one, one the Jack Adams, go fuck yourself. Yeah, yeah, he's like, for real though, how cut are you that I won? Seriously, on a he's scale actually, of one. He's actually cackling, like he got he got like the penthouse suite at whichever hotel they put him up in Vegas, and he's just leaning back, looking out the window in like the crimson robe, holding the trophy, just going, <laughs> fuck you, boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm so stoked that he won it, I feel like he's... I, I feel like he's deserving, and I mean, in, in, he definitely maybe during before the awards ceremony, like took a dive yeah. in a in a but you know kiddie pool full of Cheetos because but your boy was looking orange. But that being said, I feel like he won it. I feel like he he, he owned it. He did a good job this year, and we we called this months ago that we'd like to see him take a different direction. Though I would have liked <laughs> him walking out there. <laughs> Falls on the table. It wasn't enough. And he, just, and, and, he, and he like rips off his suit, right? And he's wearing an American flag one. He goes, fuck yours, it's for America. Yeah. <laughs> and it walks off. It just tosses the trophy and leaves. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that'd be sick. Yeah. So look, uh, Craig, Craig Anderson won the Masterton trophy. Um, yeah, well deserved. We can essentially rename it the Good Bloke Award. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we all knew, you know, given what he and his wife and family worked through off the ice this year and 
his ongoing commitment to his team, he was always gonna he was always gonna take that one out. But it was still good to see. Yeah, no, I agree, and I, I like the the, the the ceremony and stuff is good. I like the occasion and good on good on us for you know at least like thinking that it's a good thing. Like I feel like a few years ago I'd be like, oh no, but no, I love it. Big fan, big fan. Yeah. Uh- uh, your mate, Sergey, the Bob, took out another vessel. The Bob, he did. Got, got to love the BJs picking up a handful of awards. Yeah, wasn't that his second? That was his second. Good mm. on you, John. I was I was wondering if you would remember that. And you did. You've impressed me. Yeah. Award you three gold stars. And no points. And may God, and may God have mercy on your soul. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, man. Well... If God's having mercy on my soul, speaking of other things that aren't ever going to happen or be interesting, the Lady Bing trophy was won by Johnny Gaudreau. Wow. Oh, uh, I tell you what, I made a list the other day of things that no one gives a shit about. <laughs> this was right and at the it top. Was, and it was like, it was like professional BMX riding. Um, <laughs> this. Motor, motor sport in general and the Lady Bing. Like yeah. three things that no one should ever give a shit about. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Absolutely, absolutely. And look, no, no offense if you're into BMX riding. By the way, but fucking grow up, get a real hobby, seriously. Yeah, um, and I guess the final one was the King Clancy Trophy, which is obviously for best leadership qualities. Went to Nick Foligno. So good on the BJs for picking up, I guess, a, a hat trick, so to speak. It's a, it's a, it's a trio of BJs. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> normally, you pay, normally you pay double for that kind of thing. Triple, almost. That's all. It's good, good to see your math is paying off, champ. <laughs> no, look, I, I think that's good. A um, look, I think that's a good awards wrap up. I mean, really, we've talked about we've talked about uh, American onesies and testicles and, and beaches. I think nothing gives the NHL rewards ceremony more class or, um, credibility, class than style. Um, and I feel capping it off with a lengthy discussion of tribal tutties was easily the icing on the cake, um, but. In more important news, off the back of the awards ceremony today, there was an uh, there was an additional ceremony that, that we were watching with great intent. Um, I was watching the updates and live blogs all day, and it was phenom. Uh, and that was it was finally Las Vegas has a team, and the expansion draft was today. And now the Golden Knights finally have a team. And let me say, Cam, a very good Not team terrible. at that. Yeah. I, and do you know how, do you know how I know that we're all well so i was talking to some other friends about this today and yesterday yep. so i was talking to some hard out basketball mates and they're like all right what's been better the nba free agency rumor mongering bickering and player transactions or the nba finals and they're all like oh dude the postseason shit for sure um, yeah. the gm <laughs> mode like the real life gm mode they go way better they're, they're all like i would rather watch chris that Porzingis threaten to leave new york on twitter than any other basketball game moving forward. I'm like, yep, officially we're old because armchair GM is more exciting than watching the game itself. Yeah, I actually kind of agree. I feel like just like getting unnecessarily involved and commenting on like unruly players and like suggesting like where like unnecessary moves are going to happen is like pretty all time. I actually, I'm not suggesting that I enjoyed it more than the Stanley Cup playoffs, but I am suggesting that it's it's pretty close. As, As... you know what it is? It's kind of like it's it's kind of like having two different perversions. You know, they're both. Uh, you don't like one more than the other. They both just tickle your fanny in a particular way that you enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. No, I totally right. But anyway, I mean, off the back of today's expansion draft, um, obviously. There's a lot of people who are a bit butthurt, a lot of people that are extremely surprised. And I think more importantly, I think a lot of people who are surprised that GMGM actually pulled off um, a pretty good squad um, off the... Yeah. He's done a good job. I I tell you what I like as well is that not a single hockey outlet or media outlet or website or whatever got the roster anywhere close to how it finished. Like like we all collectively nailed maybe five or six picks, which was super obvious. Like, you know, they had limited options in Arizona and Buffalo. Um, everyone had got wind of the Columbus side deal. Everyone got wind of, um, yeah, you know, I'm the Florida idea. available bits. But aside mm-hmm. from that, I don't really think anyone nailed any of or, or a significant percentage of the other ones. Like, especially with the goaltending, like every mock draft that I saw from experts down to you know, absolute, hey, I discovered hockey this year, I'm going to have a crack kind of guys, mm-hmm. had them taking five or six goalies. 
Yeah, I, 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 was, I was reading, I read three, two or three mock drafts and some of them had five. I'm like, geez, that's a big number. Well, I did a bunch of mock drafts and the one that came out with the least goalies was still four. Wow. Like, if that, if that puts it in perspective. So, what I thought we'd do, uh, we're going to read through the roster that is assembled as well as the additional assets. I'll lead off with the forwards. You can tag in with defence. We'll go from there. Um, and we're going to talk about if we think that was the best decision made for that team, uh, what we maybe would have done differently. Um, and we'll go from there. Are you cool with that, John? Mate, I'm so cool with that. All right. So, the forward core. Um, look, it's going to be easier for Vegas to defend the net than it's going to be to put the puck in someone else's. However, there is some talent there. So from Arizona, they took Timu Pukkanen. Uh, I really think that was the best option. The only other player I saw them touching there potentially was Michael Stone on defense. Mm-hmm. But when you factor in the other defensemen available, I think Pukkanen was the right move. Yeah, I agree. What are, you, what are, you, what are your thoughts, Johnny? No, I agree. I kind of... I kind of thought that they would go this way. Um, he's one of the picks that I got right. Uh, I, I only got yeah, like, same. I literally only got like four right. Um, yep. And I'm super salty um, about some some others further down the list. But yeah, this is one hey, that... How, was, how many did you say you actually nailed? Four? Yeah, four or five. Um, so I... I, I how many did I get? I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven... I had eight. So I had Fleury. Nine, ten. I got ten. That's not shit. That's pretty good. So I had That's pretty good. I had Fleury. Um, I thought they would probably take Grabo from the Isles. Um, I assume they take Clarkson because of the contract. So that gives me three. And I thought and didn't want them to take Schmidt. Um, but well, I got, I've got eleven if you include Clarkson, actually. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah I, I thought they'd take, they'd take Schmitty, um, and TVR. So that's actually five. So that's not bad. That's pretty good. All right. We keep going. So from Buffalo, William Carrier, that's another one of the ones I picked. And again, I think Buffalo was quite the wasteland. I know there was a lot of talk mm. around the fact that, um, Buffalo management aren't huge on Robin Leonard, both as a player and his kind of approach to life. Mm. Um, but I, I, I didn't think, I think Leonard's still an underrated goalie and they weren't going to let, let him walk out the door. So I, I had Will Carrier on there, but I'll concede it wasn't because I think he's particularly red hot. I just saw a lot of Sabres fans talking about Will Carrier and I'm like, well, if they watch the team 80 times a year, they're in a better position to comment than me. So maybe there's something to it. Mm, true. Uh, Carolina, Connor, Connor Brickley, this one kind of threw me because I was adamant that they were going to take Lee Stepniak and pretty much everyone else had Lee Stepniak in there as well. Yeah, me too. Lee, Lee Stepniak is the ultimate draft him. You get him cheap, he scores you 20 goals and then you're able to flip him at the deadline for a handful of picks and build your team from there. And I thought that's exactly what they would do. They would flip him to a, to a San Jose outfit looking for a, you know, a cheeky seven goal haul in the playoffs or something. Uh, so yeah, Connor Brickley threw me. Yeah, I, I I agree. I thought they take. I, I had Stepniak down from. I was like, oh, surely they take him because like that's what everyone would do. Um, so this is a bit of a wild card, but you know, I, I, it'll probably pay off in the end. I feel like GMGM knows something we don't. Yeah, again, they're drafting for upside there, and I think they've done that quite well too. Um, they're like, look, this guy isn't a proven commodity, but I guess it's, it's all. I know this is going to seem like a kind of uh, a silly, you know, nonsensible kind of comparison, but it's yeah. almost like fantasy hockey. Like, you get to a point, would you rather draft a dude who you're like, right, this dude's a guaranteed NHL player, yeah. but at, at, at best he can do X, or would you draft a dude who you're like, you know what, at his worst, he's an AHL player, but at his best, he could absolutely blow the fuck up. You draft for upside. Yeah, so, so you're suggesting that they've gone, they've taken the risk just to see what happens. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're in a position where they can. Like, you only need 23 players on an active roster. If you've got a surplus of dudes, you might pan out. Have that at us. Yeah, um, exactly. Columbus, Columbus took William Carlson, which we all knew was going to happen. That was pretty much the first of the side deals that leaked. Yep. Um, Columbus had a number of players exposed that they didn't want taken, namely Alex Wenberg and Jack Johnson. Mm-hmm. Sam Gagner um, was also exposed. And so they basically said, if you take William Carlson... And the David Clarkson contract. We're going to throw your prospect and the pick, uh, and they've done that. And William Clarkson's well. not shit. I've got him penciled in on the third line. Yeah, man. 
Uh, Detroit, they took Thomas Nosek. Again, I don't know heaps about him, um, but I think the comfort level there for GMGM is the fact that Detroit, via the Grand Rapids Griffins, have a fantastic history of internally developing um, young forwards. Um, you know, mm. you look at Double A, Anthony Mansa, Nyquist, um, Dylan Larkin, all those kids have come through that system. Um, so again, drafting for upside or acquiring for upside in this instance, most Texas State is, is a good bet. Like he, he's still a gamble, but it's a more sensible gamble than you know ten other kids you could have looked at. Yeah, I re- also don't really know anything about him, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I'm I'm agreeing with the move based on you know AHL reputation and their development, not the player himself. So you're, so, you're simply basing um, that on logic, other than knowing anything about the dude. Yeah, that's exactly it. Dallas, this one shook me a little. Like, I get the Cody Eakin move. He did have a quiet year, but he is a proven commodity up forward. That's cool. You are going to need some leadership, some glue guys. However, I was absolutely adamant that they were going to squeeze a little more out of Dallas in exchange for taking Letnen or Niemi. So, I mean, uh, you know, Vegas is obviously, they haven't been able to come to an agreement with Dallas. Dallas has maybe balked at the at the offer, maybe GM, GM's like, dude, if you want me to take one of these goalies off your hand, I need a little more than Cody Eakin, and they couldn't work it out. Yeah, I kind of feel Dallas- like that, that was the convo. Like, I feel like going going into the into this with Dallas, they were straight up, like, the first thing they would have said was, you need to take one of our goalies. And I feel like GM, GM would have been like... Yeah, that's cool, but like, this is what I mean. Yeah, he, I feel like he was like, well, we're obviously taking Fleury, and... Like neither, I I reckon he would have gone well. Neither of those two a backup caliber to to Fleury, so no. Well, they man. they are, but not to that price. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Like on based yeah. on the based on the commodities that they are, they're like it's not happening, right? Yeah. So I think, and I think Dallas, man, they're in a pickle. They got fifteen million dollars <laughs> committed. Oh, they're in a pickle. To three, three goaltenders, like. Uh, a friend of mine was saying that he firmly believes Dallas or Smokies for the 2017-2018 Stanley Cup if they can get a couple things right just based on their offensive firepower. And I think there's something to what he's saying, but that comes at with, with a massive asterisk. They need to move one of those goalies to spend that money elsewhere. I'm assuming GMGM's come in and what he's said is, yep, we'll take Lettinen, right? Yeah. And, and I want Eakin, and he would have said, you're swapping your third pick with our sixth pick. Ah. And that's what they would have balked at because they're currently penciled in to take with the third overall pick. Everyone believes they're going to take Miro Heiskanen, mm-hmm. who is the left-handed defenseman from the Finnish league. Mm. Um, so I'm assuming that given that the blue line is a big area of, of need for Dallas, they've balked at that conversation. And I think that was a bad move on their part. And I think that's going to really come back to bite them because if your window is Ben and Sagan is now, you are not fucking doing shit when you're currently anchored by 15, 16 million dollars in gold. Yeah, it's, it's a real rough. And I mean, we've, we've talked about this a lot and I feel like trying to convince another team to one, take the player and then stomach the contract is going to be, some hard work because everyone well, the, the everyone knows now. There. They took the David Clarkson contract from Columbus. Yeah, but they got they, they got Columbus's first round pick. Yep, and they got William Carlson. He's, and I, I think Dan handled it really well. He said we are open to business. He's like, I understand who is protected and who is not. Yep, and I understand you've got more players that you want to protect and you can't. I will stay away from them, but here's my price. And yep. he established the benchmark. With it, the Columbus deal off the bat, he's like Carlson, but, the first rounder. But he said, he's like, I'm, I'm give, willing give me to a talk. line ready player and a first rounder, and I will end off. But he, and he's come out and said teams, flat I don't out. Know if it's stubbornness, if it's arrogance, or it's stupidity, didn't come to the party. Yeah, well, he, he said flat out, I'm willing to deal with you. Like, he, he's flat out. He, I remember he had press conferences. He's like, we will talk to everyone. Like, we'll take yeah. on, we'll take on all your suggestions and hint, hint. Like, I feel like he was hinting, we will take your dog shit contracts. It's okay. Like, absolutely, however, absolutely. you need to come to the party with a realistic deal for us. Otherwise, we're not going to do it. So the Blue Jackets absolutely. obviously sat around and were like, hmm, he's actually taking it seriously. We need to get rid of this Clarkson shit. 
what can we do? And so they've gone to him with a realistic offer. They've spitballed a little bit. There's been a little back and forth and bang, a winner for everyone. It's not that hard. Well, and I, Dallas, and I, and I listen think, up. I think you've segued very well into the next conversation, which is from the Florida Panthers, they acquired Jonathan Marshall. So now dudes were completely mind-boggled mm-hmm. when the Panthers announced that they weren't protecting Marshall. So like, this is a guy that scored 30 goals yeah, for a man. million dollars. Like, you protect that and then you find out that they, they left much so available for them to take because they are also taking Riley Smith and his $5 million a year deal. Again, I think that's good for Vegas. Like, Smith's only a year removed from scoring 25-odd goals. Like, yeah. It's a nice a little kicker, man. Florida last year. It doesn't mean he's going to have another one. Again, worth a punt. And... If Riley Smith has a shit year, he's still got Jonathan Nash to throw out of it. That's right. So it's a win each way, right? I I, I totally agree. Like, I feel like this was a, just a great, great GM GM move. Um, I feel like it, this as as but the it's, next it's, few it's, days it's go a good on. Deal for both though, too, because you look how heavily Florida invested in their blue line mm-hmm. with the Ekblad contract, the Mears, um, and Keith Yandel. Something you had know, to move. Like they, they didn't want to lose Marshall Third, but they got rid of Riley Smith, which means they got a little more play money. It's a good deal for Florida. It's a good deal for Vegas. And, you know, long-term, GMGM has carried some favor with another general manager, and he's shown that, you know, he can be reasonable while still building a new team. Like, but you need long-term relationships. That's the exact That's the exact point, and that's, I think that's where a lot of people are not paying attention here, is he came out and flatly said, I will I will deal with you, and so you can tell based on this list where um, where the where the the GMs have gone. The good right. relationships, but there, yeah. but not only that, the good conversations. They're like, right, we don't necessarily want to lose Marcher, so what what can we do? And so he's like, okay, I'll take him, but check it out, I'll I'll take Riley Smith as well. Like exactly, and it's exactly like well, right. and so that that's an even get. Like oh, actually, that's sick because we free up so much cap space. We now we can pick up another two players for that. That's great. Like let's do that. Like you can see uh, where absolutely. you can actually see where there's been like actual brain power put into it. You know what I mean? Yeah, sensible conversations. And again, great segue into the next one with Minnesota. Absolutely. Um, they, took Eric, they took Eric Haller and they've already signed him to an extension, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. He's a great underrated player. Totally. I have spoke, spoken to how good he is many times over the last 12 months. And, um, you know, they they obviously had additional conversations around around taking Eric. And in doing so, they were able to keep Scandella and Matt Dunbar and Eric Stoll. So obviously, here's how that convo went. Minnesota are on the phone. They're like, look, we don't have any draft picks because we gave them all up to Martin Hansel. We're yeah. in win-now mode. We've got one more year left with this core. We can't lose these dudes. What can you do for us? They had a good conversation and bang, look, they got a player out of it. Exactly. They were able to protect Charlie Coyle, Nino Niederreiter, all those dudes as well. Everyone's happy. And like Minnesota fans were like losing their minds. They're like, well, fuck, there goes Dunbar. We're cooked. Like, And, and every, yep. every, every um, pre-draft mock I read had every single one had Matt Dunbar on the list. I even I even had Dunbar on my list. I'm like, yeah, he's gone. Absolutely. Totally. But, but this and, and, is... and from what I can gather as well, Eric Hall is quite happy with it because he, he had a breakout year this year, no doubt. He's yeah. not guaranteed to have the same role next year where he was on the depth chart. He gets the opportunity to be, I'm realistically, and we'll delve into this later. Yeah, of course. He gets the opportunity to be the top line center for this new team. Correct. And if not, and, and he think, gets think, to think or swing. It might not work. Yeah, but if, if it does if not, work, he gets though, to spend split his time. His next deal in four years, he's looking at an eight, eight, nine million dollar a year deal, and he's like, "I'm the proven number one center. That's right. On an expansion team, and I did this with as little help as possible. Pay rise, pay rise. Uh, Nashville Predators, James Neal. I think everybody had James Neal pegged on this. The, the other one I saw that was a potential option was Peter Arberg. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, you're drafting for youth and upside. But I mean, at the end of the day, Neil is Cheap. 29 or 30. Um, yeah, he's $5 million a year. It's going to get you to the cap floor. Correct. I think he's personally a piece of shit. He needs people <laughs> in the head. That's fine. Um, he's going to score goals for them. He's going to be a top line right winger. Correct. Name. He's got playoff experience. He's got good facial hair. Everyone wins. Everyone wins. Everyone wins. 
Uh, New York Rangers, Oscar Lindbergh. This one threw me because, again, yeah. I was positive they were going to take Anthony Ranta and then mm-hmm. potentially mm-hmm. on-sell him to somebody else who desperately needed goals. And I also I assumed they were going to on-sell Philadelphia him. Philadelphia penciled in, and I had Winnipeg penciled in as well for making serious bids on Ranta. So, I assumed um, they were going to take him too. I thought that, that, that was going to be their that number really one. That really threw me, actually. Dude, for real, I thought he was going to be their their backup pick straight up because, I mean, everyone knew they were... As soon as Flower said he's, he's waving, um, everyone knew, well, he's obviously going. So... The next yeah. step was who's the backup. And for me, I went, bang, Ranta from the Rangers. Everyone knows that. Like, that's an easy get. He had a stellar, had like that stellar run um, when when the King went down. And so, like, obviously, like, he's the next guy. And they just left him alone. This is it's, it's an interesting move for me. Yeah, um, but in saying that, Oscar Lindbergh, um, I think he's a talented player. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, we'll delve into this when we talk about potential line projections based off this roster. I think he was as, as good an acquisition from the Rangers as you're going to get. Uh, Philadelphia, they picked up Pierre-Edouard Bellamare. Um, not what you would call a household name. However, those of you who listen to our show and watch the World Cup know that he was really good for France this year. Yeah. Um, very, very well-liked player by everyone who's played with him very much a team a team man um you know again you're looking for a little glue little grit little experience he's a lot older than people may realize as well um so i think that's what they've got out of there and you know based on who was actually available in philly i think that was probably probably the best move you weren't getting one of the young d-men um you weren't getting a couturier or Giroux or any of those dudes i I think bellamare is the best option yeah, a lot of people had Raffle on the list. Yeah, I didn't rate that at all, to be honest. I think this is a better move for them. Ah, nice. Um, St. Louis. This one shocked everyone because they protected yeah. Ryan Reeves. And the moment Reeves he was protected, I think everyone assumed they were going to take David Perron. He's a bit of a journeyman at this stage. We know he's been through different clubs, St. Louis, Pittsburgh, um, Anaheim. Um, he's still a talented forward. And again, based on our line projections, he's going to get a lot more of an opportunity here than he's had. Um, in some of his previous roles. So, sensible move. i got no beef with it. Yeah, I also have no beef. I think it's a good idea. Um, they need to have that veteran um, grit from the start. So, picking up the right amount. Good. Works for me. Uh, Toronto, they took Brendan Leipzig. Um Yeah, I mean, look, Toronto, we're in that fantastic position where all their jets are on rookie contracts and we're naturally protected. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's fine. He was drafted in 2012. Hasn't quite stuck yet, but sticking for upside, there's every chance that he can stick with this team. So have at it. And from Winnipeg, they took Chris Thorburn. Kind of strikes me as a throwaway pick. He's only got a, like a one-year deal left, and he'll be a true UFA. Uh, he very much fits that enforcer role. So I mean, if, you know, when he is inserted into the roster, look, you know what he's there for. You know what he's going to do. Um, well liked by his teammates and he does give them some muscle because the team um, you know very quickly could become quite a youth movement and those kids are going to need some looking after so you know whatever yeah man so overall grade defense well just before we move on like overall grade based on the forwards so like you know an ABC F rating where what where do you see GMGM landing on, on his first expansion draft. How, where do you see that landing? Oh, you know what? Look, I'll give him an A because if you've got to grade him on what was available, not what you would do in a dream, you know, a dream, yeah, uh, so a you dream have to, situation. You have to put aside, I think, like... I, I think he's done well. Like, if we're going to be realistic about it, there's a lot of kids and a lot of unproven's on there, but Marcia So, Haller, Neil, Lindbergh, Perron, Eakin, William Carlson, that's not a shit top six. So have at it. Yeah, I know, right? I, I got to be honest. Um, I was very and, surprised. And also, let's not forget, in the additional forward stakes, they landed by default with all the additional assets and all the little side deals. Yep. Wiley Smith, um, Mikhail Grabowski, yep. and potentially Nikita Gusev, who there's talk that he might sign in the KHL next year. Mm-hmm. Still handy. And Alex Took from um, Dallas, uh, another AHL-level forward with, with a lot of high upside. So... I'm giving him an A. He did better than I probably would have done. Yeah, I, I agree. I, th- I was thinking a B plus or an A is a fair assessment. And I, I think I, absolutely right. Like, I feel like you just, you did a really, really good job with that, with his forward core. Um, I guess moving on to the D core now, like... And, and sorry, just before you move on, and in doing so, he hasn't burned any bridges. That's the important bit. No. So I feel like lots of conversation was had here. And more importantly, lots of conversation was done 
on like an on a fair playing ground. Like everyone kind of thought that he would just swing in and just kind of be unnecessarily aggressive and just try and take pieces with like no conversation. And we we even kind of joked about it, but I mean, you can't do that as a GM. Like that's not a thing you can do. And obviously you can see where there's been really good conversation, where there's been a, a good like return on investment, so to speak. So I think this, like overall the draft has been good. And I think that um, a lot of people kind of don't really understand how like the world works in terms of business. Like you can't just burn like... 29 other GMs like who you have yeah, to deal with you, every day can, and then next year they offer sheet all your good players yeah they're just and like they, 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 they band together and have like a stone cutter style meeting and they fuck you till the end of time yeah or or even worse they just like just deadpan you and you don't you can't deal with them that's even worse because you need to yeah, sometimes they, they, you need they, they to they move players they nothing yeah they're like well you're done so you know you talk like so remember that where you know you maybe have got like a shit hot team right now but like you were not moving players to or from you for the next five years so you're fucked yeah like and yeah, then exactly yeah it's silly 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 Anyway, tell us about the defense, Johnny Boy. So the defense, I think, in much the same vein. Um, I think he did a great job with this. So kicking straight off, obviously, he picked up Clayton Stoner from Anaheim. Um, a lot of people didn't necessarily have him on the list. Um, I thought, did you land Myself with? Included. Yeah, yeah. I, I this was a, an odd one for me, but obviously, um, you know, the dude has been around for a little bit. Um, he's Got a few years well, in the league, so. Well, I mean, look, here's what happened. They wanted Sammy Vatman. And that or was they not happening. Josh Manson. They couldn't protect both of them. And no. the deal that was struck was. It was yet another look, conversation. Clayton, Clayton Stone only has a year left on his deal, and it's a $3.5 million deal. Yeah. He's what a solid, unspectacular D man. He helps get him to the cap floor. But they threw in Shea Theodore. Um, yeah, which he had eight is points just... in 14 playoff games in his rookie season. He killed it. Absolutely. San Diego down in the AHL. So I actually think Shea Theodore is going to be in their opening night um, lineup. Um, and I don't think the deal was about Clayton Stoner. It was about getting Theodore. Stoner was just the excess baggage. Yeah, well, I mean, with that big cap hit based on his output, obviously this was a Theodore trade. I think that he is phenomenal like um him i just through the year he was great um post was great everything i think this is just a great pickup um surprising because all the experts didn't um didn't pick it but i mean um the next guy colin miller from from the, from your your boys the the bruins i think is um a really 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 good good pickup um i had jimmy hayes um i thought they were going to pick him up um what dude mm. what they've Stevie Wonder wouldn't draft Jimmy Hayes. Yeah, I know. I don't know why I did. I I, I don't know. So here's, here's the thing with Colin Miller as well. Two quick points. Um, the more ignorant element of the Bruins fan base is really upset about this. Saying, <laughs> oh, he's great. He's young. He's the future. You should have protected him, not Kevin. Yeah. No. Because Kevin Miller is a shutdown guy who doesn't turn the puck over in his own zone anymore. Colin Miller has a lot of those fleet of foot puck moving skills. He turns the puck over and he's going to sit behind McAvoy and Krug in the depth chart. They just don't need him. And mm -hmm. Colin, Colin Miller is not sticking with Vegas. They've already got a deal in principle in place with Toronto and it looks like it's going to be for a forward. Mm. I'm going to put it out there and say, yeah. I reckon Toronto is going to send Mr. James Van Riemsdyk down to Vegas to play with his brother yep. in exchange for Colin Miller. Wow. Um, I yep. did. I did suggest that uh, the most tradable player on the Maple Leafs roster was JBR some months ago. You did. Some because months he ago, he cost them a lot of money, and they don't necessarily need him now that they've got Nylander, Matthews, and Marner. Correct, and he was mm. the one that didn't necessarily fit in their in their system moving forward. And so I think that um, obviously their next pickup, TVR. Um, from Chicago, I think is probably more interesting when you factor in that there's likely yet another deal to bring both brothers together, making it not only an excellent headline, but a great story. Um, and I think... I, I really like that, huh? Like, imagine an expansion team. With a, with a in, set of brothers. In, in Vegas with a pair of brothers to lead them yep. out on the ice in their first year. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool, man. I'm... I'm really into it, by the way. It's probably, I don't know. I feel like this, the the TVR pickup. Um, I had I had TVR. I think pretty much everyone did. Um, 
I think him and his brother, two American-born players, an American yes. uh, an American expansion team, um, really, really good. I'm big, really into that one. That's probably my favorite well, of the and, D-men. And the other element of that is as well is that by taking Trevor Van Riemsdyk, um, the rumor is obviously also in place that they will give them Marcus Kruger. They'll be helping Chicago out by taking Marcus Kruger off the books as well. Yeah. Um, obviously, um, from Calgary, they picked up Derek Engeland, who's obviously a former Penn. Um, I, I don't know. I, I feel like this one was a little surprising for me as well. Um, well, do you know what? Do you know what did you have about this? And now it's not surprising now that I know this. Yeah. Derek Engeland's actually from Las Vegas. Well, I thought I thought they were going to take a defenseman. I thought they were going to take Mike Stone. Um, but I, I didn't. I, I was kind of surprised they took Engeland over Stone. But I guess that was the conversation. Uh, and then when they kind of figured out that, oh, he's actually from Vegas, well, maybe that's a better there's story. Been, there's, been, there's been a lot of chatter around that too. Yeah, like, yeah. I've, I've read three articles already where they're like, hometown boy Derek Engel and to lead the Knights, you know, the Knights into battle or something equally as predictable well, and tacky as that. But, but for real though, like they made him an alternate captain in Calgary this year. Like, so he is a leader. Like he's done it before as well. Like, so he's, he's kind of, he've got, he's got the experience um, he, he's, he's you know good, what you're man. getting you're getting a tough guy yeah you, you, absolutely I mean he's a good dude he's played he, he played with the Pens and he's fought a bunch of dudes so he's a good dude I'm into it I, I think Derek Engelman's a good move and the fact that he's a Vegas boy I'm uh, I'm super into it yeah dude so Griffin Reinhardt was taken from Edmonton are you surprised by this? yeah I don't uh I, <laughs> I was surprised. I, it, I don't love it because, again, Edmonton were another club in a position where their there younger was... guys and their star guys were, were not going to be able to be targeted because they that's were right. the deal. And that's that's why um, everyone kind of predicted, like, not this. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I mean, only a couple of dudes picked that they might take a young defenseman. Um, and, you know, he's only, you know... I don't know. He hasn't played in the league yet, so it's an interesting... Yeah, he's been kind of in and out. Well, he hasn't played in the league a lot, so he's proven in the fact that, like, he's, you know, got experience, but, like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like... I feel like there was more value out of it that they could have... That Maybe maybe GMGM is, like, there's more to come and, like, we just don't know what the conversation was. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Maybe we don't know. Because he's proven that he's willing to talk. Do you know what I mean? Um, Braden McNabb yeah. was taken from LA, which I think is a good move. Um, he's yeah, probably... Yeah, gives him a little bit of grit and he's yeah. an experienced blue lighter on a high-profile team. I think he will be able to handle the, uh, the spotlight of being yeah, a part I mean, of an expansion team as well. Like moving he, from he, LA is not a big deal. He can play for the night. He could probably just drive up from LA. Like, it's not that bad. Um, <laughs> it's, only like, it's only like a good two-and-a-half-hour drive. It's fine. He could probably do that. You know, two and a half hours. How fucking fast are you driving, dude? Jesus. <laughs> By jet. Uh, yeah, true. Who else have we got? Uh, uh, oh, yeah, this one threw me, dude. Yeah, it's dude. For all Alexi Emelin. I was like, huh? I'm like, are you sure? Yeah. Like, dude, so, so they want a Russian defenseman who hits really hard but refuses to fight because he's got a steel plate in his face. Yeah. Not really the kind of character I was looking for on my team. Yeah, I know. And I mean, doesn't he have beef with Looch? Um, oh, he's got beef with everyone. Everyone thinks he's a fuckwit, so... Yeah, true. I don't know. Anyway, I, I was surprised by that. Um, so John Merrill was taken from New Jersey, which also threw me. Um, I didn't... I don't know. I, I thought there was more to be had out of the... Uh, out of, out of the, um, the Devil's lineup here, but... You know, like I guess they, they went for developing defensemen over, um, you know, known older. The Devils are an under the radar, like old team as well, like your yeah, Henry yeah. and Jack. And then but I thought they were going to take Mike Camilleri, but yeah. As me too. I also thought they were going to take Camilleri. That's why I'm like, ah, oh. I like, to be honest, I don't even really know who John Merrill was. I'm like, ah, well, that's an odd one. Yeah. Um, so out of Ottawa, they took Mark Mathieu, which is an excellent move. Um, it could, yeah, back, back that. Yeah, back. I think that could probably be um, one of the better moves. Um, obviously, a former, a former um, BJ's alum. I think um, playing for the Senators, he's been absolute, like totally sick. So this is just going to be a um, really good move. I feel like he's probably going to fit into where maybe the third pair, second, third pair. 
Yeah, I've got him penciled in on the second pairing at the moment. Mm. So we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah, we'll get to that. And so out of San Jose, David Schlimko was taken. Um, which Yeah, I'd back it because it was either that or Paul Martin. And Paul Martin quite a bit older. So yeah. Again, you, you draft for the future. You got a little more time with Mr. Schlemko. Everyone thought that one of their top tier aging um, forwards was going to get taken. And let me tell you, this was not the case. Mm. Yeah, no, I think they did well out of that. What about Tampa Bay? What they grabbed from there? Well, this I have my head scratching on this one. So they took Jason Garrison, who has obviously been in the league for quite a while now. And so, like, yeah. he's been in the league since 2009, and he's not great. Um, I mean, I kind I, of... I, I get it, though, because he gets them to the cap floor. Yeah. He's, he's 4.5 mil a year, and... They got Nikita Gusev up front, and they also fleeced Tampa Bay for the second round of this year. Yeah. And next year's fourth rounder. So that's quite the package. But this is what... So Tampa Bay, obviously, like, we need to get rid of Garrison. Like, what can you do? Um, And, I mean, I get it. Like, but, I mean, in terms... I. It's so funny. The thing that just kind of threw me, though, is because, like, Garrison's, like, one of the guys who was, like, up during the presses and, like, he's done all his press to, like, um, you know, bring in the team and are you stoked that you got traded and, you know, you know, are you, are you happy to be part of this draft and blah, blah, blah. And so he's been one of the four, like, the big four that they're touting as, you know, like, the... Yeah, it's true. You know, and that, that, that is, like, that's, that's where I'm confused. Like... It's, I, not the, it's not the end of the world, though, because... No, like, true, but the only, Like, the, the player I had to take this taking was J.T. Brown, so, I mean... Yeah. Like, that, that was, at best, they were kind of getting a depth forward or a prospect. Like, at least there's... At least Garrison's something of a known quantity, and realistically, I don't expect him to stick. I don't even have him on the opening light roster. I can actually see him getting shuffled elsewhere in exchange for another deal that's going to help another team out more. Like... Yeah. You know, Garrison's salary could be absorbed elsewhere and he could be a serviceable bottom pairing defenseman. Yeah, and I mean, he is he's definitely that bottom pairing. I'm like, if he makes it, he's definitely within the bottom pair at very best. Um, yeah. And I'm like, that's why I was so confused because they've got him all jerseyed up um, doing the presses. So they're like, obviously they want him to start. And I'm like, that's, that's a weird, that's weird for me when they've picked up so much, um, quality, particularly younger quality, um, than him. So I'm like, this makes no sense. What about Vancouver taking Lucas Beaker? How do you feel about that? Um, I think this is great because like, who else would you take? Remember, we're not talking shit on Vancouver tonight either. So if you don't have anything nice to say, let's just move on. Let's just move on. Anyway, um, the last one um, out of the caps, they took Nate Schmidt, and let me That's tell you, Cam, you, dude. I'm so cut. Um, so Nate Schmidt, who emerged as our dead set number one, like he he emerged as our like one of the mainstays, uh, but like probably in the top two, um, has really yeah. I'm seeing him go is rough. Like I thought they were definitely going to take Grubauer. Um, and yep. pretty much everyone did. I'm, I'm, most people, everyone, so I, yep. I, everyone had him. And like, but I was kind of, it's so funny. Like, as I was looking at it, I'm like, because I took um, Ranta as my backup. So I'm like, well, why would you then, why would you then take Grubauer? That doesn't make sense. Why would you have a legit starter, a, a good backup? And then why would you take another good backup? Like, it doesn't make a lot of sense in terms of opening night. So I'm like, well, and I'm looking at the Caps roster because that was the one I was like, fuck, who would I take? And it only came down to Schmitty. I'm like, well, fuck. So we lose Schmitty, who has done so well. He's play, He plays with um, Matt Niskanen. So he's going to be, I think he's going to be definitely in their top pairing. Um, and it's going to be a really good coming out party for him. He's just going to show like the NHL that he's actually like unreal. Um, and it's going to be. Also, side note, you've lost Nate Schmidt. Jack won't resign with you, and you're going to lose Olsner in free agency. Yeah, I know. Get around Washington. <laughs> get around our decor. And we get to keep, oh my God, we get to keep Brooks fucking Orpic, which is so upsetting because who wants to take $7 million of that? Nobody. All right, I'm going to try and shuffle us along. We've got about 15 minutes left. What do Yay. you rate A, B, C on the defense? Uh, I give the defense uh, a, a good A. I think that's a, a hard A, I would say. If I was to give the, the forward core 
like a B plus, I would definitely give the defense a hard A, like solid yeah, A. Where, where did you land? All right. So what about goaltending? Goaltending trio, um, undisputed starter is Mark Andre Fleury. Of course. And two two backups of choice: Calvin Bacard, who's actually quite underrated out of Colorado, mm-hmm. and Jean Francois Brube from the Isles. Um, that really threw me as well because I was positive they were going to chase like a Calvin DeHaan or a Brock Nelson out Correct. of the Islanders. So, but there was obviously um, a couple of good, conversations good, good had to the Isles because yeah. they've obviously <laughs> been able to protect that and. They got rid of Grabo. They threw in, um, yeah, Mikhail Gabrowski. Yeah, Grabo off he went. Um, to be, what's and, your take on, on taking Calvin Picard from the Colorado? Islanders first round pick. It is. So just before we move on, so what's your take on taking Calvin Picard from Colorado? Because a lot I of like dudes... I, no, I like it, right? But who else would you have taken? No one. Colorado <laughs> were fucking dog shit. Like, the only other option was, like... Al Soderberg or Francois Beauchemin or something like fuck it I'd rather take Alvin Picard and I'm assuming the logic is he could very well be a good goaltender playing behind a horrid defense in Colorado let's see what he's like behind a competent one yeah yeah and so obviously if we're giving the defense a hard A right that's obviously a defensive core which you know post training camp once they've figured it out is going to be at least in the mid in the mid pack, right? So they can compete with most teams on most nights. Maybe not the top, you know, top half of the te- of the league, but they're definitely competitive day one. Goaltenders then, goaltender grade. I'm giving him a soft B, maybe a B minus. Yeah, but B minus. I agree. Just be, just because I thought Ranta was the play there. So Me there too. I, I'm cut right, because really, I thought they were really going to take Really quickly, before we move on to our midnight projection, I'll Hit just it. recap the additional assets they acquired. Of which there are many. All those players. They also picked up Alex Tug from Dallas, Riley Smith from Florida, mm-hmm. Nikita Gusta from the Lightning, Mikhail Grabowski from the Islanders. They have contracts from the BJs, Shea Theodore from the Ducks, and Jake Abiskoff from the Isles. In addition, oh, they have picked so up the many first rounders. first rounder, Winnipeg 2017 first rounder, Huge. Tampa Bay 2017 second rounder, Columbus 2019 second rounder, Islanders 2019 second rounder, Pittsburgh 2020 second rounder, Winnipeg's 2019 third rounder, Tampa Bay's 2018 fourth rounder, Carolina's 2017 fifth rounder, Buffalo's 2017 sixth rounder, and let us not forget, they've already got Reed Juke out of the OHL, Huge. and they've got Vadim Shapechov uh, out of the KHL. How could we forget Reed Juke? Of all people, <laughs> how could we forget little Reed? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I want to know your thoughts on this before we move on to the rookie draft really quickly. Yep. I've given I've given a very quick crack at an opening night roster, and obviously this is being done today, Thursday, June 22nd, not factoring in the reflipping of players like yep. Colin Miller and any other new deals and any other rookies So this is obviously in. way if ahead of the draft to, tomorrow. Yeah, if you were to assemble an opening night roster right now, I'd like to know your thoughts on the following. I've gone top line from left to right. Done. Marsha So, Haller, and Neil. I love it. I would have taken, that's how I would have gone. Maybe Huller to move to the second line, but otherwise, yes, I agree. All right, second line, Perron, Shapechov, and Smith. Yeah, again, I thought Shapechov would probably take the first spot, but whatever. It's it's still fluid. It's still new. We're, we're just <laughs> learning on the spot, you know? It's fine. Third line, Lindbergh, Carlson, and Carrier. Um, I thought maybe Eakin might come up to the third. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I think that's pretty good. I feel like I feel like the bottom two lines are kind of fluid, though. Like in interchangeable, terms of, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you also need, obviously, like you said earlier, that like, like factoring in moves um, that have come in the next couple of days, of which there are going to be, I'm going to suggest five or six. Um, obviously, off the back of that, we're going to see a little movement definitely in the bottom, probably in the third and second lines. Some would say. And what do you reckon on defense? I've gone Dan Reemstyke and Schmidt as the top ten. Yeah, Schmidt is definitely starting. Um, I would suggest, I agree that um, Metho and Theodore are going to kick off as the third. Second pair. The second pair. Um, I, I would suggest that um, you'll see um, you'll, you'll see England start, um, but I also think you'll see Garrison start as well, which is bizarre oh, you reckon Garrison instead of McNam yeah it's just I don't know just all the presses have got me shaken I don't I don't know how or why he's there it makes no sense it just it, 
doesn't work mm. for me. Obviously, Fleury is your starting goalie, but having and then Fleury in that. So, so you reckon McNabb you get the fit for Garrison? Yeah, I don't. I don't know how or why. Like, I, I'm I'm thrown because he's there. Like, no other way. Like, I have no other reason or like or any other thought other be other than he's obviously starting because they've got him up there, like beard and jersey in tow. Like, what what what, what possible reason for? It? I, I don't know why. I don't know why it's got me thrown. But yeah, I feel like he's definitely starting. Maybe even right. in the second in the second pairing because they've overthought his abilities. I don't know. All right, fair call, fair call. Yeah, and just and again, disclaimer: that's prior to the rookie draft and any other retrading, so that could change very quickly. Speaking of the rookie draft, John, this yes. means based off today's action, Las Vegas are picking at number six, thirteen, and fifteen, which, based on current projections, would see them taking Casey Middlestad at six out of Eden Prairie. Yuso uh, Valamaki out of the Tri-City Americans at 13, and then Elias Anderson from the Swedish League at 15. I would like to say two things. Go. If the picks remain as is, I would like to see them overlook Casey, and I would like to see them take Gabriel Velarde at pick six, because I think, A, it would upset the Arizona Coyotes <laughs> fucking heap. Of which they're um, a team that they can compete against. So. And from from everything I'm reading about Gabriel Velarde and like his surge in um, positive, you know, positive reviews over the last couple of months, yep. um, from a number of very trusted and noted analysts, in particular Jeff Merrick, is very big um, on all things junior hockey, and he is just beaming over this kid. I would be gunning for Gabriel Velarde for sure. Mm-hmm. So, are you suggesting then that the next storyline to, I guess. To, to lead Vegas, although they've already got a number of storylines already, but are you suggesting that they're going to look to trade up to maybe position two or maybe even position three in the draft in order to pick a, a, a top two or three like talent straight into the lineup? Here's one for you. The, the one that I could see most effectively happening yep. is Dallas currently holds the number three pick and they're penciled in on Miro Heiskanen. Yep. Dallas, as we have discussed on this podcast, have way too much money invested in goaltenders. Mm-hmm. Would Dallas be interested in trading down and, and trading in their third pick for, you know, 13 and 15, for example? Ooh. With the Vegas Golden Knights, and in return, Vegas would also take Kari Lettinen off their hands. Because the only reason I think that could be a thing is, is that Dallas already have a glut of young defensemen. That's not the problem. It's the the lack of senior guidance. Like they've got Klingberg, they've got Johns, they've got all those kids, and they all basically had sophomore slumps. Yeah, true. So I I don't think Dallas adding, albeit a fantastic young defenseman, I don't think Dallas adding a young defenseman is the solution to their problem. I think it maybe needs to be a little more seniority. So I don't think Miro Heiskanen is going to answer their prayers. I could see a deal being made between Dallas and Vegas, which could see Vegas move up to pick three, so that they have pick three and six. They take Miro Heiskanen, so they've got this other young stud coming in on their blue line. They take Gabe Velarde with pick six, so they've got a six foot three, like a two hundred pound center coming through from the Winter Spitfires, um, and they go from there. Love it. Yeah, I, I actually see GMGM trying as best he can. I don't know if he will. Obviously, it's a tough gig trying to trade up. Um, so I, I, or, I, I think or. he's got a, he's got the balls, and but I, I think he's proven more importantly that he has the right approach to generate a deal which is mutually beneficial. Well, here's one for you as well. Does GMGM have the assets to get into the top two? Would the Flyers consider trading down to pick six? So here's one for you. They go right. We'll swap you pick two for your pick six. Um, because the Flyers are penciled in to take Nolan Patrick at centre as well, right? Yep. Like, literally, Brandon Weeking, WHL, 6'3", 200-pound, Nolan Patrick versus Winter Spitfire, 6'3", 200-pound, Gabriel Velarde. Like, interchangeable dudes with a year between them. Yeah. Could could the Flyers trade down and go, right, we'll go Velarde over Patrick and, you know, we'll also take off your hands X, for example. Keep in mind that the Flyers still need help in net. Yeah, which again, maybe that's a that's the reason why Calvin Picard was picked up in the first place. 
Knowing. Or Jean-Francois Barou. Correct. Uh, maybe, maybe that's Barube. Maybe that's something for them as well. So, so maybe, maybe they say we'll give you pick six and Barube for pick two. And, you know, the, the Vegas Golden Knights make a statement and they land themselves a Nolan Patrick and he centers their top, their fucking second line or something. Yeah, I dude. don't know. Well, picking up one of those top three is is definite, definite headlines. And making a splash... Um, in I think both so GMGM's come out and he's, he's he's not necessarily made a splash but he's done a good job and and so he's done a good job in, in in an expansion draft which is tough like a lot of people are like essentially trying to PlayStation it and knowing that that, that doesn't work whereas he's gone yeah. about it a bit more methodically does he then kind of go fuck you all I'm going to try and make a big splash for the for the for the, for the rookie draft and actually nail it. Um, do you think he can well, go two for two? Is what I'm asking. There's a lot of balance in this draft, and people have said numerous times now this draft lacks the caliber of previous years. It's not that it's bad; it just doesn't have enough David. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't need to get into the top two. Like if if I'm Vegas ownership and I'm the Vegas fan base, and he swindled picks 13 and 15 into pick three by way of taking Lettinen off their hands, and you walked away from this draft with. Miro Heiskanen as a defenseman, potentially for the next 10 years for your franchise, and Gabriel Velarde as a stud two-way center. It's a good way. It's a good day at work. Very comfortable. Yeah. That. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see what he does next. Obviously, um, only time will tell. GMGM is uh, obviously incredibly unpredictable and at the same time also unwieldy, uh, a huge slime ball, but at the same time very meticulous. Um, I think he's a perfect GM, and I think only time will tell what he's going to do. It's been—I think it's crazy. Um, I feel like we enjoy um, talking more about potential moves, trades, the rookie draft, and the moves that are, always occur seconds before picks um, more than the actual season itself. Cam, uh, John, I would say you are in fact correct. Yeah. Well, that kind of wraps it up. So um, obviously, it does. Obviously, we've, we've, we've only been talking for a good hour, so the show's a little shorter than usual, but you know what? Now we got real lives. We do. We do have real lives. All right, my man. It's been a good chat. I shall speak to you probably in the next 10 minutes whilst we're uploading this bad boy. Excellent. Well, this has been episode 55. Bye. Bye.